All right, my man, Mike, I see you got a different background there. What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. Just doing a little traveling. You know what I mean? Uh, finally got my Amazon automation store set up, man. It was a pain. Yes, there's a lot of moving pieces. But what is crazy is in two days, I've sold over $3,000 worth of inventory. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how the rest of the year plays out. You know, uh, it was a pain in the ass, but we're going to see how that goes. And then, I mean, I got, I got another hotel under contract, right? Me and my partner's got another hotel under contract. Finally, real good one. We're looking at a hotel in Costa Rica. If we can snatch that bad boy up, we have to do at least a site visit. You know what I mean? We got to at least go do due diligence, you know, before we put in the offer or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, things are going good. Obviously uh, the team is, is kicking it up here. Charlotte's rocking, Fayetteville's rocking. So, so thanks for going good man what about yourself yeah when you get that uh that one in costa rica as well or you said costa rica or puerto rico no costa rica yeah we're gonna do all kind of uh mastermind events exactly team building say. events you're gonna need some friends right to corporate out the system you know to yeah. go in there and, and then to go in there and just make sure the employees are doing what they're supposed to be doing like just you know what do they call those uh secret secret uh visitors or secret uh, uh secret shoppers, shoppers. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Those scenarios you know and i and i i got a person in mind his name is Dan. <laughs> family you know? <laughs> i got you man yeah, yeah I, I, I would love to own like a, a destination style resort hotel something like that but for that exact reason though right to, to rent out to friends and family to do all the corporate retreats team building events i think that would be um it, it would be like a vacation rental but on steroids you know what i mean instead of it just being a beach house it's a hotel in Costa Rica, right? So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. But in, in, in an ideal world, that would be <laughs> something that we buy. Yeah, that'll be dope, man. That'll be dope. Well, um, me and the wife, we're just uh, we're, we're just hanging out, man. We're in Jacksonville right now trying to help out some, doing some few things with our parents. Um, and other than that, man, we got, we got the uh, real estate licenses and we're, we're fully on board finally. So uh, we're looking at some properties on the MLS, trying to figure out what the next deal, what the next thing that we're going to do. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it, man. We're, we're pretty much low key right now. So it's uh, it's good stuff. It's settling into that battle rhythm, you know, getting the kids situated um, back in school and everything. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's just pretty chill right now. It's pretty uh, free flowing. So, and I'm enjoying it, man. I'm really, really, really enjoying just kind of, uh, I guess just kind of hanging with the family, man. Because <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a sprint for for both of you. Both of you guys were deployed for quite some time. Then you PCS right when you got back. So it's been a hell of a sprint, man. Yeah. So it's fun times, fun times. Hey, but we got a a, a sweet guest today, uh, Mister uh, Charles. Hit him with the baseball bat if you don't pay me my money back, McKinty. <laughs> <laughs> Charles the loan shark. No, we're just kidding. So he he talks about uh, a lot of awesome stuff we talk we go into mindset we also go into you know how he started acquiring his deals while he was still a private right and then uh pushing out now he's working on his fifth property he's doing doing deals overseas and uh just just awesome stuff just a perfect example of of growing wealth within the military it's just it's so it's just awesome to see so um i think this is going to be a great episode you're going to find a lot of value in it so yeah. And, and since, you know, back in his loan shark days, since he got in so much trouble, he changes, he says he likes to go by Simon. He's like, don't call <laughs> me Charles, call me Simon. But, but what he does do is he talks a lot about how his childhood influenced his financial decisions, which I think is amazing. He talks about his slow progress that 
I mean, he's only been in the military for seven years and he's about to replace his entire military paycheck, which is so powerful. And then he talks about he intends to stay in the military, right? And also there's a there's a fun little uh, uh, quip, I guess, about the, the three little pigs that Dan throws out because he has his brothers over there, his brother and his brother-in-law, and all of them are doing their own thing. One's renting, one's house hacking, and then one's buying, which is obviously going to be Simon, right? So we got a lot of good nuggets here in this episode. I'm excited to jump right into it. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie, and this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Hey, what's going on, Military Cashflow family? Uh, today, we got Simon McGinty on, and he is all the way from Korea. He's uh, stationed out there in Korea doing great things. Um, and he is in the Facebook group, Military Cashflow Facebook group. We've seen him post in, and um, I've seen him, seen him post about from his first deal, right, from asking questions about his first deal all the way to, hey, now I'm closing on my second or I think maybe your third property, maybe. So uh, let's dive into that, man. Um, please, Simon, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're at, where you're from and what you're doing. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you for having me here. Um, I, I was born in the Philippines and then I went to Saipan. It was a it's a Northern Mariana Island to go to high school. That's kind of when my my journey begins, I guess. I've always been told I've been good with money. I've always tried to figure out ways to make money. So after high school, I joined the military and was stationed in Fort Campbell. And I saw an opportunity with the BAH and just all the other stuff that was given to us already. So I decided to get a house below the BAH. So I used that money to get my first car and paid my phone, all the bills. So all my actual income isn't being charged. And then when I PCS to Lewis, um, that's when I bought my first house and then kind of snowballed from there. Now I'm on my fourth looking for my fifth. Man, fourth looking for the fifth. Let me ask you something, man. Uh, were you the first one in your family to join the military? Actually, no. My brother joined about a year before me. He graduated high school. He joined right out, right out of high school. So when I graduated, figured it's easy. <laughs> okay, so you already you already had like a little bit of an insight to, to mm -hmm. seeing your brother go through it before. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. Following the footsteps, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, so um, so you started out at Fort Campbell, right? Um, one thing yeah. I noticed in your um, in your your bio, right? You, you mentioned that you're you're trying to achieve FI, uh, financial independence through real estate, right? Where did you mm -hmm. learn about FI, and and why did you choose real estate as your vehicle to uh, to try to you know attain FI? Uh I think real estate is pretty simple, something that most people don't have to reinvent, you know, to kind of learn. And like you said, people like you guys doing bigger and greater things are leaving breadcrumbs for us to follow. So I figured it's easy enough. And um, after listening to podcasts such as, you know, military cash flows just gets easier and easier. And now I'm just all in on it. Nice, nice. Well, you say you say it's easy uh, or it's, it's a simple method to follow. And so mm -hmm. you started looking into it, but before that, you said that you were always good with money. What did that mm -hmm. conversation of money look like for you as a child? Why, why are you, you know, I guess so, uh, 
I don't even know the right word, inept at money. Why is money come savvy. so easy to you? Yeah, savvy. Savvy is a good word. I like that one. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm not really one to like buy expensive stuff, but I'm, I'm just into like making my money work for me. So I don't know if I should say this, but I used to do a little loan shark when I was in high school. That's actually how I started. You know, I got a um, couple of hundred bucks and I find people who need help. You know, for me, I thought I was giving them an opportunity at the same time benefiting myself. You know, I never force anybody. Um, sure. So if, if somebody comes to me saying, hey, I need a little help. I say, hey, I have a little extra money. And then I saw the potential and I just started snowballing. And next thing I know, it was it was it was huge. So when I joined the army, I tried to go ahead. Go ahead. When I joined the army, I tried to look for the same opportunity. And, you know, army actually provides so much things that soldiers just either don't know or just don't want to use. And I keep telling everybody. Just use this benefits because it's just there sitting, waiting for you. Yeah, we got we got to touch on that because I love what you just said there. Talked about the different services and opportunities that the military mm-hmm. has for people that are trying to build wealth, right? And and for some reason it's mm-hmm. just not. For some reason we don't really take it. Everyone doesn't take advantage of those, which is is uh, kind of wild. So I'd love for you to shine a light on that. But before you do that, um, when you're talking about you being a little loan shark, uh, <laughs> I, I wanna, I just wanna just share something. I had a picture and a vision in my mind, like you know, you're down there in the Philippines, you're l- lending out money, and then somebody doesn't pay, and you're like, hey man, where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> that's Stewie. That's Stewie yep. Griffin. Hey, where's my money, man? <laughs> where's my money, man? <laughs> Actually, I I found a I found a great tool when it comes to those people who can't pay so instead bat. of not, bat, not, right? instead, <laughs> not yeah, yeah. instead instead of instead of being upset i figured out a way to make it work for me and that person so instead of them not being able to pay i say hey let me give you some money and we just restart your whole loan so i just have them for longer and i recoup all the interest already and i just restarted the whole loan so instead of being upset i was like oh i can just keep doing this i don't need the money anyway I'll just have you for longer, kind of like the bank refinancing, and it's just simple. That ain't bad. So while we're <laughs> on this topic, I mean, I know this 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 conversation is more about real estate, but I am kind of curious. How did you? And, and you may not want to go into all the detail, but how did you enforce the payment? You know what I'm saying? How did you protect yep. yourself? Essentially, is what I'm asking. Well, so obviously. Um, there's no easy way, but I went through the person that I know, that I know I trust. And then I just based off of their worry, I said, hey, um, if you know somebody who needs, I'm willing to help, you know, I have the capability, but it's between you and me. You're pretty much sticking out your head for that person. So chances are they're not gonna wanna screw their friend who was trying to help them. So that, that's like how it. I did it. Yep. I like it. And, and that's smart because, you know, as we all, as we all kind of, are growing into ourselves as entrepreneurs, as financiers, as whatever the case may be. We're trying to find ways to hedge against risk. And I do like what you said there. You just found an opportunity to truly help the people that you liked and trusted. It wasn't like you were just throwing money out into the wind for anybody who came up to you. And so with that relationship came a little bit more security, uh, came a little bit more of uh, that personal guarantee from the other individual because they didn't want to burn that bridge as well so okay all right good stuff good stuff so so going back to some of those services that the army provides right that someone can mm-hmm. easily take advantage of now uh, what are what are some of the things that you used and what are some of the things that you recommend to other uh, service members out there well before the housing ta obviously i'm doing ta mm-hmm. right now people ta uh, 
I, I, I know, know in, in, in um, tuition assistance, you know, in combat arms, I, I have to say, like, it was really tough. But since I reclass, I found time to use my TA. So that's another one. But as far as real estate and money, you know, soldiers always say they don't have um, money or they can't start real estate. But I started as a private, you know, in my second duty station. And I, I didn't even know about the VA. I, I was just, I saw bigger pockets probably like everybody else. I saw Brandon Turner talking about it. So I was like, you know what? Because my brother, my brother-in-law and I, we all got stationed in Lewis at the same time. What? My brother lived, my brother chose to live on post. My brother-in-law chose to rent. Um, I chose to buy a house. So nice. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out a way to get some of my BH back and pay less than what they're renting for. So kind of worked out, sold it the next year after holding it for a year, made 15K for pretty much free money and then just use that to buy, you know, my other properties. Are both your both your brothers in the military? My brother and brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, brother-in-law. Okay. That's awesome. You guys had like a three little piggy situation going on there, right? Yeah. Like, like oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty brick. awesome in Lewis. Yeah. You was then, building the brick house. You yeah. Was over there too. I like that. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I love that. And that's yeah. a, that's almost like an awesome case study too. Like how that mm -hmm. can work. You know, you can choose to live on post off post and then what happens when you choose to buy so that that's 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 pretty yeah. awesome all right let's take a quick break i hope you're enjoying this awesome episode if this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn network and take action make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools and lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. All right. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. And that's the great thing about the army. You know, it's really hard to make excuses because everybody gets the same thing. We all get the same cards. Like, I, I know how that. much you make. You know how much I make. Yes. I know what resources you have. Like, oh if you say... God. Yeah. If people say, oh, it's because of um, I'm going to live on post because it's convenient. I'm like, I live here. I, I know what the drive looks like. I, it's not that convenient. It's not that much convenient. You know, for hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can't drive five minutes extra. Like, come on. You know, that's actually the first time I've heard it phrased that way. It's hard to make an excuse in the military because we all make the same. So how, mm -hmm. why can you buy, why are you on your fourth property, right? Why, mm -hmm. why does Dan have what he has? Why was I able to do whatever? Is we all see mm -hmm. what we're all paid. It's not like yep. you got something else. Yeah. I really like that. That's good stuff. Yep. Love it, man. So let's talk about let's talk about some of these deals, right? So you're at your second duty station, I think you said. You're at your second duty station. Where was that? In Fort Lewis. 
Okay, so you're at you're in Fort Lewis and you chose to buy, right? What did that first mm-hmm. deal look like? I mean, where where did you start off? I know you said you listened to a little bit of bigger pockets, but at some mm-hmm. point you had to really dive in, right? And, and mm-hmm. start learning a little bit more. So what did that look like for you and how did how was that deal structured? So um in the bigger pockets, um Brandon Turner says, Hey, don't don't buy the most expensive house. Just go to the location that you want, focus on it, know the market, and then buy the least expensive that you can later fix. So I just started driving every road and I found this property. Um, and then the good thing about real estate is, you know, you have the bank who wants to make the loan work for you. So you don't really need to know about that. You have the real estate agent, you have the inspection. So even for first timers, every everything will be done for you. You just got to take action and just get after it. Yeah, you know, that that's one thing that people, I think, fail to realize is nothing about nothing worth having is really easy. Right. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's clarify that. But the process for real estate investing has been simplified and refined mm-hmm. to all you have to do is talk to really one person. But let's just say two people and the entire process will happen around mm-hmm. you. Right. You speak mm-hmm. to the lender. It's in the lender's best interest that you close on the house. So what is the lender going to do? Mm-hmm. The lender is going to show you all of the, your financing yeah. options. Yep. You speak to the realtor, it's in the realtor's best interest that you close on the house. So what's the realtor going to do? They're going to hear your needs and they're going to find yep. the right property for you. All you simply have to do is sit in the back seat and go for yep. a ride. Just As sign I that said. paper free. I don't know. I don't know why not a lot of it, not everybody does it. Yeah, and and I and I love how you said the word right there, free. I don't know if everybody is aware of this, but how much did you have to pay your realtor out of pocket? Actually, I got paid because USAA was doing this thing back then when if you use their realtor. So I yep. got a check in the mail. So not only that I'm paying less in rent, not only that I'm building equity, you know, not only that my house is appreciating, but USAA paid me. So I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? And I was like, <laughs> you got paid to use a realtor. That's exactly right. Uh, for, for the buyer, the realtor services are typically 99% of the time free or you get a check because the seller is the one that pays the realtor's commissions. So it's like, why wouldn't you go out? You got a VA yeah. loan with no money down. The realtor doesn't cost you anything. Go, go out and get a damn house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it's easy, it. it's easy to make money that way. And then you become really lethal, right? You become really lethal when you start becoming, building a lot of wealth, when you just take that same formula, but then on the front end, you just add a little bit of due diligence, meaning you analyze your deal and you make sure it cash flows kind of like what, what Simon was saying about, um, uh, buying the least expensive house and, you know, the most expensive mm-hmm. neighbor, something with equity, right? So, uh, what did that look like? Can you break down some of the numbers for us? And then what, what you did in it? Did you, you know, did you stay in it for a while? I assume you stayed in it for a while, maybe fix it up while you had it and then sold it after that or rented it out. So what did that look mm-hmm. uh, look like? So actually this will help somebody. At the beginning. I didn't even run the numbers. I just knew I had to take action. That was, that was my first one. I wasn't worried about making the best deal or being the best uh, real estate investor at the time. I just knew I had to take action and I just went after it. I stayed there for a year and I did nothing to the house. If anything, I just, you know, lived there and collected extra BH. But after a year, one of my biggest regrets, I sold it because, you know, as a newbie, I kind of panicked. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to a new duty station. I don't know. I don't know much. I just took action. Now, now I'm in it. So I sold it uh, after a year and um, made some money. And then I was like, I shouldn't have done it, but how can I maximize my next one? So, that's where I'm at now. 
You know, I, I think that's probably one of the, again, one of the most understated things. So many people want a home run. And I know me and Dan have spoken about this a ton <laughs> on the on the podcast, but it's not about the home run for that first deal. It's simply about just wetting your beak, getting the experience of the process and taking that first step. Because yep. once you take this step, now you understand what it actually looks like. Now yep. you're ready for two, three, four. And like you yep. said, you didn't even run the numbers. And that's actually very similar to my first property. My first mm -hmm. property, all I did was make sure that the BAH covered the mortgage. Yep. And I yep. moved in. I yeah. ended up housing, whatever. But I didn't I didn't know anything about real estate yep. investing. You all just got to secure the you got to secure the foothold. Then you can just worry about flowing through after. But you got to yep. secure the first one first. That sounds like an 11 Bravo term there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so you got the first deal, right? And then you had, you came to a decision point, whether you're going to buy or sell or whether you're going to rent or sell, right? Why mm -hmm. did you decide to sell it versus renting? Uh, did you go back and look at those numbers or was it like, Hey, I just don't want to deal with this as a, as an investment or what, what, what did you uh, walk us through that? Well, well, I wish I did it, but I did sell it. And um, the reason why I sold it now thinking back is really, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning as I go along the way. There's like, there's levels of uh, intellect that goes to these things. And the more you progress, the more you start refining things, right? So in the beginning, all I was thinking was, I'm not going to make that much cash flow. But if I had known better, I would have been like, but that was free money to begin with. Who cares if I'm only making 100, 200 bucks a month? You know, it's not like bigger pockets when they're making hundreds or thousands of dollars for the deal but you know i was thinking small at the time so i was like i'm just gonna get rid of it um just give me a quick money you know easy pay, easy payment and you know for an e4 back then i made 15 20k for the sale i was like that's kind of how much i get paid for the year so that's easy money and then i just i just knew that i won't touch it and i just buy another house in my next duty station so that's how i i reconcile with that yeah i don't, I don't I don't think you made the wrong decision at all. So, so I guess the reason why I was asking that question is because I know that uh, that situation is what pretty much everyone deals with when they PCS, mm -hmm. right? And it's a hard decision. Now, some people, you mentioned you, you don't, you're not going to cash flow that much, right? Some people will, will decide to rent, um, even though they're going to cash flow $50, or maybe they might be in the negative because they didn't do that due diligence, right? They're just mm -hmm. not really thinking through the process, kind of like how you just outlined, right? You're like, hey, you know, maybe it's not worth it to cash flow $100 a month when I can just take $15,000 in cash. Because even though you're saying you're cash flowing $100 a month, are you including vacancies in there? Are you including mm -hmm. your property management fees in there? Are you including repairs in there? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. or do you have a, do you have a uh, reserve fund for that, for that investment right so a lot of those mm -hmm. things um service members aren't really thinking of and then they're driving themselves into a hole they'll 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 rent that place out they're saying hey you know my b or my um my mortgage is a thousand dollars and i'm renting it for uh eleven hundred dollars so i'm making a hundred dollars a month but then after property management fee they take their ten percent after everyone you know after every expense is is uh taken away they're really only ca they're they're cash flowing in the negative so every single month they're paying a hundred two hundred dollars and then maybe there's a vacancy now they got to support that mortgage on top of wherever they pcs at they still got to live it somewhere mm -hmm. you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um it's just something to think about and i like that you you kind of thought through that process without really thinking through that process i, I mean I don't know how much you were cash flowing. You said about a hundred dollars a month, but I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad, bad decision at all. You, you essentially made well over what about 15 years worth of cash flow 
um, off the 15K, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I think that's a win, right? So I mean, th these are some <laughs> things. These are some things that you should definitely consider if you're listening out there and you're faced with that decision. Hey, do I want to buy or do I want to sell or do I want to rent? Right. So mm -hmm. just because you're renting out a property doesn't mean it's an investment. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Facts. Facts. Yeah. I love it, man. So you have all this. Uh, let me ask you something, man, because I'm still kind of stuck on this. Like, um, how long have you been in the military now? Seven years. Okay. You've been in seven years. You've always been a little bit savvy with money, man. When you were mm -hmm. younger, I'm talking mm -hmm. not even in high school, as, as a child, how was your life introduced to money? You know what I'm saying? How was money, how was it spoken about in the household? How did you come mm -hmm. about becoming as savvy as you are? Well, uh, from my parents, I guess. So my dad's the kind of person you know, who works and just brings home the paycheck kind of guy. And then my mom's the is the creative one, you know. They, I was in Saipan during you know in high school or middle school, and the minimum wage was five dollars. You know, they they're bringing in like 300, 300, 400 bucks at most every two weeks, and for a family of five, like it takes some creativity. So I was like, well, my mom's doing something great, but I gotta figure some how I can do better. You know, she's working for her money, making it, you know doing all the stuff, but I got to figure out how so my money can work for me. So I don't have to worry about it. I guess I'm just lazy. I don't want to work. I want something working for me. So at early age, I was like, well, if I have this money, I can loan it out. And that's how that business started. I love it, man. You know, so I, yeah. I, I stole this from somebody and I don't know who it is, but uh, I say it all the time. I'm ambitiously lazy. I work mm -hmm. my ass off so I don't have to work all, you know, anymore. Right. I can hire out without yep. whatever I don't want to do. Um, and uh, I always find it fascinating. Uh, Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist. He says that mm -hmm. most uh, children learn whatever their uh, behaviors are within their first seven years of life. Right. And so understanding how you look at money and how other people kind of look at entrepreneurial opportunities. I'm always very curious how their childhood looked. And, and my mom did something very similar. She was, you know, obviously low income, uh, single parent. She had to stretch her money very far and i and i always go back to some of the things that she used to do and i'm like maybe yeah. that's why <laughs> Look, yeah. i like that so i think that's pretty interesting that you share that story i, yeah. I was just curious yeah. okay yeah that's 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 awesome man so um let's go back to your journey here right so you you end up selling that property then you move mm -hmm. to uh where you at now where you or where you move where did you move after that so I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the move. Everybody, the whole move changed. People stopped listening. <laughs> Ugh, they unsubscribing. <laughs> no, it was it was actually an awesome place uh, for me, at least. You know, I found that you know it's what you make of it, but it's a good place for people who just wants time for themselves. Not not a lot of distractions, so you can focus on yourself if that's what you're looking to do. Okay. So you, so you went off, you got the second property, um, the, you went and got second, third, fourth, and you're looking for fifth, right? So throughout that transition, I'm kind of, kind of speeding up just a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, were all of those properties with the VA loan or did you, did you figure out different uh, ways to, to structure the deal or, or finance those deals? Yeah. So uh, after my first one, I'm just learning on my second and third. When I went to Louisiana, I was like, I'm going to use my VA again. But this time, you know, uh, there's not a lot of choices in Louisiana. So I picked a house that was already in good shape that I won't have to do much. And then the money that I made, plus some of my savings, I used that to buy my third, my, 
I guess third, but it was the second since I sold the first one. So I bought my second and third in Louisiana, um, one with VA, one out of uh, conventional. Okay. So what what made you think to change from the the VA to conventional? So you had your your VA eligibility back um, after selling that first property. You went to your second one. I'm assuming you probably had some eligibility after that. What when you went conventional? What was the choice there? Or why was that choice? I mean, at that point, it's a true rental property, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming yep. you never lived in that one. So what did that what did that look like? So um, after I got settled in my that duty station with the VA, the house that I'm living in, I just started, I drove every road in Louisiana, and there's not a lot. So I drove every street. I, I try to learn as much as I can. And my, ment- my mentality was, okay, what, what's the biggest market that I have? Okay, DOD civilians who live in Port Polk and soldiers are coming in and out. Um, and that's the great thing about Louisiana, by the way, is it's not one of those big markets. So the, the market itself is pretty stable. You know, it doesn't get affected by majority of what, whatever happens outside of it because Port Polk is so unique. Um, so I just went and started making offers and I found this house uh, appraised for 120. I got it for 100 because it was an absentee owner. And I just went with the same realtor. I said, hey, just, I, I got I got money. I'm looking to buy two. So I used VA. And then she found me my second one. So I made an offer, got accepted. Yeah. Nice. nice. Smooth. Nice. Smooth. Yeah. Let me ask you something. How, let me ask you something. Back uh, when, when was that one purchased? What year, give or take? Six, uh, 13 to 15, 18. Okay, so back then when you were putting in the offer, was it a buyer's market still? Were you able to get maybe some, the the seller to cover some of your closing costs uh, and things of that nature back then? Okay, yeah, the only reason I bring that up is because, uh, I mean, literally, if anybody is looking to purchase now, today, Mm -hmm. 2021, see that the market has shifted so fast and so greatly mm-hmm. where the buyer mm-hmm. can't get any you know seller paid concessions <laughs> the buyer has to pay above yep. list price yep. sometimes above appraisal value if you want to secure yep. it so uh the reason i bring that up is because understanding if, if people who are listening understand what dollar value investing is just in the stock mm-hmm. market it's you're always putting in the same amount of money for the stock, regardless if the stock is going up or down, because the aggregate of the value is going to increase over time. And you're purchasing at the highs, you're purchasing at the lows. It's the same thing with real estate. You purchased some great opportunities at lows, which are buyer's mm-hmm. market, but you can still find some decent deals, mm-hmm. right? That'll break even or kind of, you know, meet that 1% rule here now at the high, but you have to find a strategy that always works all the way through. And so uh, mm-hmm. 2018 was one of those years where everybody won if you bought something, right? <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah. a different yeah. story yeah. now. And so you went yeah. from there. Now you continue to buy. When did you buy your last door? Uh, actually, it was kind of like my third and fourth. They're kind of closing within few months out together so uh i got my orders to come to korea unaccompanied so i was like okay i can use this opportunity to buy a house you know somewhere else with my va because uh it was the same time that the rates were so low so Mm -hmm. i was like what can i do to maximize refinance now i have like so much money that i have know what to do with and i have my va again like my va entitlement so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a house in an appreciating market. That way I kind of hedged myself between the cash flowing market for Polk, 
versus um, a little bit more um, on the equity side, not appreciation market. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, it kind of balanced it out with the VA. So it was like free house again. And then the money that I made from refinancing those two, which is like a lot, I bought another house. That's how I got four now. And I have enough money to buy a fifth one. So I'm just kind of snowballing. <laughs> Yo, bravo, it. man. That's awesome. So, like you can see, you can see if you're listening, right, from the transition from his first property and he talks about the thoughts and the things that he was doing to like the no analyzing. And now he's talking about, hey, you know, um, I took advantage of the refinance, got the lower interest rate. And then on top of that, hey, I'm going to hedge myself and go to an appreciating market because I already know in Fort Polk, I'm assuming it's more of a cash flow market, right? So mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I'm kind of hedging myself this way. So just listen to the, the um, I guess the financial literacy or the, or the savvy, exactly financial yeah. growth as, as he's, you know, transitioned through these properties just with four properties. I mean, that's, that's awesome, dude. I, I really, really like that. Thank you. And, and what I'll say is the one thing I love about this, this game is the, it, to me, it's a game. When I'm looking at you, when I'm seeing your face light up and understanding your background, for you, the thrill is in the process of yep, understanding yep. money and investing. It's not mm -hmm. the house. It's the process, yep. right? And yep. so understanding that the fun, the game is in the process. Now you mm -hmm. people will grow. They'll take that journey from becoming a loan shark with a baseball bat <laughs> to learning how to <laughs> learning how to hedge, you yep. know, their risk between a cash flow versus appreciation market. And I can almost guarantee once your portfolio begins to scale as you're doing this creative financing. You're going to have to find another place beyond real estate to park some of that cash flow to hedge against your taxes and things of that nature. So yeah. it's it's yeah. about the process. And those individuals that just, ah, I'm getting excited about it because you got me pumped up. <laughs> those individuals who love the process of financing, how do I save money? How do I make my money make money? Mm. Those are the ones that become successful. So kudos to you for, for, I mean, damn, thank you. literally taking yeah. basically nothing <laughs> and yeah. going five. And, yeah. And, and some people, you know, they, they always ask, you know, like, how do you do it or what do you do? Cause you know, in the beginning, nobody really pays attention that they start seeing stuff. Oh, and I, 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 I try to tell them like, even if I told you everything right now, it won't make sense to you. It probably exactly. won't. Yep. Just. It, like I can tell you everything that, that I could know and it won't make sense until you're in that process because your situation is unique. You might make it like two, three years faster than I did. Like it won't make sense to you. Just take the first step. Like I said, secure that foothold and then just deal with it then. And there's so many people that will help you. Like right now, now that I know how to buy a house because I bought it Oconos, I was like, I was thinking so small. I don't need to be there to buy a house. I can buy anywhere. Like literally I was limiting myself just because I didn't know. And, you know, stuff like I, that. I, love, I love how you, I love how you just said, he's like, even if you spewed at all the knowledge that you had in your head, it would make no mm -hmm. sense to the individual until mm -hmm. they went through the process. Mm -hmm. That's the same concept with all these people that uh, everybody we look at, we think is overnight success. Mm -hmm. That's absolute bullshit, right? We have been grinding mm -hmm. for years. Everybody has been doing the process. Uh, Brandon Turner actually just spoke about this not too long ago. He said he did his first keynote speaking event after 10 years of real estate investing and being a podcast host. When he got mm. up there and he did his keynote speech, he only had a little over 100 doors and he was the least qualified individual mm. in the room, right? He was mm. like, people look at like, like it's over next. It's not. It, as you grow 
you start to expose yourself to more, you mm-hmm. learn more. And then mm-hmm. that that's how it really comes. So you yeah. gotta love the process, man. It ain't about yep. the end. Mm-hmm. It starts to it starts to click once you see the the actual picture. Like once yes. you're staring at it, it's like, oh, that's what they were talking about. It's like, oh, I, I've been limiting myself. I'm my biggest enemy. You know, it's because of my mentality. I was thinking so small. I used to think like, okay, uh, I gotta find out. I gotta be there. You know, you want the control, which I think is you know understandable for most. But after you buy your first out of state, well, out of country, you're you just like opens up your eyes. You're like, man, I've been thinking small this whole time. You know, it's like. Yep. Yeah, that's, 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 so let's, let's talk about some of these, um, the, how you're managing your portfolio now, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're Oconus, mm-hmm. right? You're in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're, you're, um, you have a family back where were they at? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. So your family's in North Carolina, right? Um, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely got to talk to Mike after this, right? So, um, <laughs> family's in North Carolina, right? But you're still buying properties and I'm, and you're, you said you're looking for your fifth, meaning you're about to probably buy another one, right? So how mm-hmm. are you, um, how are you doing that while you're Oconus and what is that, what is that process looking like? And how are you managing your, 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 uh, your portfolio that you do have? Do you have property managers? Are you self-managing? Mm-hmm. Are you like, what does that look like? So I, I manage everything myself and I do have a couple of contacts, great people who helped me out. Uh, but then that's one thing that I also learned recently. It's like, even if I was there, I probably wouldn't be the one doing those works anyway. So why do I have to be there, right? So um, for for posting stuff, I make sure I take great pictures. Um, I studied up on how to take good pictures, make the room look big, post it on Facebook because I realized in my market that I'm investing in that's kind of where everybody goes to um and then i send out the online for google links and i vet everybody before i even show them um, i give them everybody the same opportunity i read up on landlord tenant law so i know what i can and cannot do and then once i know who i want to pursue with i have an online background check so i do my own background check and then i, I built relationships while i was living in those properties with contractors you know i would ask them hey um, can you come fix this? And if I like their work, I said, hey, would you mind if I put you on my contacts? They were like, you know, most likely they'll be like, okay. So, mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy. It's, it's all the same thing. It's over and over again. After a while, you realize, um, it's, even though it's not that hard, you still, I think it's still something that a lot of people should do so you can actually see the value of the property management that you're hiring. Because at least for me, my mentality is, um, I want to know what... Um, I wouldn't ask you to do something I, I wouldn't do myself, you know, kind of like the NCO uh, at the same time. Like I, I know what you're doing. If I hire somebody, you know, when I hire somebody, I'd be like, I know what I'm looking for. Cause I did it exactly what I'm looking for. That's, that's super interesting because um, you know, most people, if you're Oconus or if you're even out of state, right. You're typically using a property manager, but you're saying, no, I'm taking it all in house and I'm going to manage that way. I'm going to just manage my list mm-hmm. of contacts, my contractors to go, to go uh, do those things for me. I mean, if, if it's working out for you, I mean, that, that's great. Um, that's, that, that's definitely uh, interesting because most people don't, don't typically do that. So um, managing your contractors, what are some of the things that you've learned being a self-managed, like a, a, a property manager? What are those, some of those things that, um, that uh, maybe lessons learned that other people can look out mm-hmm. for that may be trying to do the same thing? Yeah, so I think for the biggest one in the beginning, the biggest fear was, you know, what if they don't do a great job or do these things? But I found at least for my market, like you really wouldn't know. 
So kind of like an OJT, like ask them to fix something simple. If you like how they um, communicate with you, how they actually do the work, um, then you hire them. If not, you know, this this just the cost of the game. You just move what's on. A, and What's OJT? Yep. Break that down for the audience. Oh, on the job training kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and then from the tenant perspective, right? So what are, what are some of the things that you might have? I mean, you're, you're taking the phone calls and things like that. Are you missing like rent collection? Like, go, go can you go over that process, how you're doing it, um, being self-managed? Because I know there's a lot of people out there self-managing. And, and I'm a part of a, a Facebook group that like military landlord or something like that and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. horror stories that i hear on there all the time it is just, and i've experienced some of that myself as well because i tried to self-manage and i sucked at it so i went ahead mm-hmm. and <laughs> i went ahead and <laughs> that out so what are some of the things yeah. that, that uh from the tenant perspective that you've learned and that, that that you implement like those systems that help you uh manage it successfully so w- when you saw me post that thing uh on facebook I was, it, this past couple of months, I went through a lot of stuff. You know, people see our posts on Facebook, but they don't see the, the behind story. So like I said, um, I just bought my fourth house. So I, that was on the market. And then my family is relocating. So I placed that house on the market. Um, and then my, my, my second house, the one that I bought off of the, um, not with the VA, but with the conventional loan, I had that on lease option. And my tenant broke up and he was like, I, I won't be able to pay. So I was so mad because I was dealing with so many stuff, you know, family relocation, new duty station, trying to prove myself here in my new position. So I was so mad. So I just collected myself. I said, okay, I can't react on this like I would you know, normally. So I figured out a way. I said, okay, what, what, what can I do to help you? I just made it seem like, um, well, I was concerned about him. I said, um, oh, I think it would be best if you just move out. You know, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you and your wife. Um, what can I do to help? And he was like, I won't be able to pay. I said, that's fine. Um, could you move your, could you move your, when can you move your household goods so that I can rent it? Um, but the conversation, the lesson was the conversation. You have to, you know, even, even though you're feeling some type of way, you have to realize that the other person, your tenant is going through some stuff as well. And what you say about the, the property management, I feel like even if I did hire property management, they probably still would have, you know, they, you can't, my property management couldn't stop the divorce. I'd still probably have to deal with it. It's just another person on the way. So I'm happy that I dealt with it. Now, now I learned some lessons throughout the way. Um, and now I have a tenant, so great I, I, tenant. And I think, I think that's important is uh, you, whatever happens in life, you can't control it regardless, right? Mm-hmm. The property mm-hmm. management company is more than, people always look at it as an additional expense. That's really mm-hmm. what a lot of beginner investors look at it like. But ultimately, the property management is that peace of mind, right? It's mm-hmm. that professional who does it day in and day out, who can obviously nine times out of 10 do it better than you can. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They have the systems in place, but ultimately they're there to give that buffer so you can focus on life while somebody yep. else focuses on that investment portfolio. Yep. Uh, and many people feel different ways. I know I, I actually know per- several personal um, manager, well, people who manage their own personal properties. Right. Put mm-hmm. it that way. And they enjoy it. And that's fine. That's fine. Yep. But for those who don't necessarily enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. what you just said right there is, is they can they can definitely <laughs> help you out. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So what's, what's the future look like for you? And I mean, I know you're working on that fifth property. What is, what are your goals and how, how are you? Um, I mean, obviously you're on a, a nice trajectory to make 
I'm assuming to make that happen. But um, what are you, what is the future like for you? I'm, I'm just taking it, you know, slow, steady and deliberate. Um, just, I, um, I forgot what law it's called. I think it's called Parkinson's law or whatever, where you fill up your time or resources. Yeah. So I figured I'll just do what I can at the moment. And I, you know, always move forward, establish myself, see if I can improve on anything. If not, just go to the next one. So I'm just going to continue buying. And hopefully, you know, I only need four more houses really to, re- well, two more houses to replace my military income. Um, so one more after the fifth, but like just a buffer because we never know in the future. If I have four, I'm okay, but I'm not going to quit army. I'm just going to continue, but that's kind of like my short-term goal, which is to get, to get four more. Yep. Well, let's talk about that. Cause, cause that is a, a very hot topic that I hear a lot. Um, when, when I tell people, Hey, I only need X amount of more properties and you know, I've replaced my income or you tell, I'm assuming that, that like raised some eyebrows, like, huh, what do you mean? Like you're about to, you're about to replace your income. Right. So, and it's all about financial independence, right. Financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how does that work for you? Um, when you say, Hey, I need four more properties, like, like go, can you walk us through some of the math? I mean, you don't got to go specific numbers, but let's say, you know, what is your freedom number? And then also how do you, how do you get to your freedom number? What are those, uh, what does that financial independence look like for you? So each, I only have four, but each house brings me around four or five or 600 bucks a month. And, you know, as an E5, um, you don't really make that much in the army anyway. Plus, even with just my base pay or whatever I'm getting paid, I'm saving like a lot of it on the side because I don't spend a lot. So, but just to be safe, um, that's kind of what I'm looking at for each house that I'm trying to get when the cash flowing market, I'm looking to get between four or five or 600 bucks a month. So um, with eight properties, that's more than enough to replace my income if I wanted to. That's awesome. So if you're listening to this, right, um, easy way, what we call is your freedom number, right? The, whatever number it is to make you financially free or for you to reach financial independence. There's a couple different ways to reach financial independence through real estate. Uh, the way we do it is by essentially number of doors. And it, you can mm-hmm. easily calculate that by how much your cash flowing per unit. For the most part, I mean, a, a, a decent deal to me looks like about $200 a month per door, right? Um, that's kind mm-hmm. of bare minimum. So if you say you're, you're, your freedom number or what you want to achieve that that what you want to achieve it's let's say um let's say eight thousand dollars you let's say you want 100k a year right um mm-hmm. if you if you that break that down divided by 12 is about eighty three hundred dollars a month right um in order to achieve eighty three hundred dollars a month knowing that that two that each door that you you buy needs to equal two hundred dollars um that's about 40 it's about 42 doors um, so you need 42 doors in order to make yourself financially independent based off of that $200 a door mm-hmm. number. Now, if you go back and you're noticing a lot of your, your units are cash flowing like, like Simon's and they're 400 and $600. And obviously that decrease, that decreases the number, you know, divide that number by three. And that's kind of what you're looking at. Right. So, uh, 12 doors or so. So, um, that is a, a great way if, if you have not thought about it before is to identify what your freedom number is, right? Take your, however much you want to make or however much your yearly cash flow is now, you know, divide that up by 12 and that's how much you need by, uh, per month to, to reach financial independence, right? Um, cause that covers, that should cover all of your expenses, right? And then, uh, from there, you, you know, you just 
figure out a plan to acquire those doors, man. You start taking action like Simon Mm -hmm. is and and you, you heard it here. Hey man, I need, I need about six, seven, eight doors, uh, based off the cash flow that I've been receiving, uh, in order for me to completely replace my income. Now think about that for a second. What would your life look like? How much easier would your life be? How much more opportunity would, would present itself to you if you were able to completely replace your income and keep your job? Just because you replace your income doesn't mean, because this is passive, remember, just because you replace your income, that doesn't mean that you have to quit, just like Simon's saying. So now he's essentially going to effectively have two military paychecks. One's passively, he's, he's just waking up collecting that money, right? And then one, he's actively, actively working towards. And he can either take that passive money to build more passive income, or he can just you know, he can just chill and decide to get out of the army whenever, whenever he, he wants to and spend more time with his family. So just think about that. I, I think that's so, so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, just that flexibility and that, and that the opportunity that financial freedom brings. And I think that should definitely be a goal for, for everyone out there, regardless if you plan on quitting or, or not working, or if you do work, I mean, it's just the, the, the stability that it brings in your life. So yeah, man, I, kudos to you, dude. Kudos to you. That's awesome. And one thing I want to highlight is, you know, here in the military community, um, there's several of us that are trying to give back, right? From military to millionaire with Dave Perret, active duty passive income, ourselves. Every single one of us have the same mantra that you can become a millionaire in the military. And mm-hmm. Simon is a perfect example of how seven years in, if you intend to do 20, he's less than halfway through and he's damn near matched matched his paycheck. That's not even including the equity that he has. That's not even including his thrift savings plan if he has it, any other retirement accounts if he has it, his savings account. You could become a net worth millionaire in the military in less than 20 years if you have a dedicated focus to your financial health. And this is a perfect uh, story of how that trajectory starts. And I have no doubt that, that you'll reach it you know, in the next seven years, if you're not already there, I have no idea what your financial situation is, but, but the resources uh, allocation is beautiful. And, and uh, something that I want to put out was, you know, military cash flow And like you said, active duty, passive income. I recently just joined um, those meetups and it's, you know, it's one thing to see you guys on YouTube, but if you actually attend those meetups, you like, it, it gives, it gives you that person behind those stories. You're like, oh man, somebody really is doing this kind of things. You know, like you guys doing bigger, greater things. I went to the active duty passive income. People have houses everywhere, you know, being multifamily. I was like, oh, you know, somebody over here, I can see somebody doing this thing. Why can't I do it? So it just fires me up. I'm like, I'm I'm doing small things. I got to step my game up because this guy is doing it. I got to do something better. It goes back to that networking piece, man. Just like, I mean, yeah. this is a perfect example. The reason why you're on this podcast is because you're in our military cash flow Facebook group, because you've been mm-hmm. posting, you've been networking, you've been taking action, right? That's the reason why we're on this. And this is the reason why we're able to highlight you and highlight the journey that you're that you're on and the fantastic things that you're doing, man. And now you're talking about going to, to, to meet up and network. That's how I met Mike, you know, going to these, mm-hmm. going to these yeah. groups. Five Pillars has a uh, Pints and Properties meetup if you're in North Carolina or uh, you're in Charlotte, uh, soon to be Savannah. So make sure you look at looking out for that one. Um, 
but uh, going to these meetups, networking, all these things, uh, the people that you surround yourself with, right? Uh, you show me, you show me the five people you hang out with, or the five people that you mm-hmm. you're most around. I can I can tell you about yourself without even knowing you, right? So um, that that's that's a great point, dude. Like the, the networking and taking action, dude. Those are those are the two main things, man. Yep, yep. I love it, man. I love it. Okay, so we've talked about a lot, we've covered a lot, but we're running close to time now. So let's talk about if you had one piece of advice that you can give out to servicemen and women when they're talking about their financial journey, what would that piece of advice be? Um, Don't be scared. Like I said in the beginning, there's so many resources already available to you. And let's say all you did in the army was buy one house, free house using your VA, and that's all you did. And all you did in your military career is make sure that house is rented, either rented or paid for. You can spend however however you wanna spend your paycheck, as long as that house is either rented or paid for. You will retire with an almost paid for house, probably worth way more than you bought it for. And that's all you did in your military career, if that's all you did. And those resources are already available for you. Damn, I didn't even think about that because you're right. You could buy one yep. house and in 20 years, it'd be damn near paid off. And all yep. of that equity sitting there, you, oh man. A bunch of yep. free that's all, if, that, if that's all you did in your military career. You know, you can buy the charger if you want, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants it, man. The charger and the Camaro. Yeah. All right, excellent, man. Okay, so where can people find you? Because now everybody wants to talk to the man, the myth, the legend that's actually doing it, you know, nice, slow, and steady. How can people find you? You can find me on Facebook, my name, Charles Simon McKenty, or on Instagram, Simon underscore McKenty. Excellent. All right, man. Um, hey, Simon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Just dropping knowledge, just dropping gems. Um, love everything we talked about here. Love, love your story, uh, your drive and ambition. It, it's just, it's, it's awesome. I'm motivated, man. Hey, it's like 6.30 in the morning here. <laughs> on a Saturday, dude, 6.30 on a Saturday. And we're up and we're, we're, we're talking about some financial literacy, financial independence. We're talking about real estate, dude. Like woke me up in the morning. I was up at like five, just waiting, man. Just, just see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, but thanks so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate that. Absolutely, Thank you. Man. Thank you guys. Hey, if you are listening to this on podcast on the radio waves, please do us a favor and uh, leave us an honest review. We really appreciate that. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve this so we can continue to add value to uh, to to you. Right. Um, if you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please do us a favor. Hit that like button and, and leave us a comment. Um, Simon, Simon's on the, I, I think I've seen you comment a few times on um, our YouTube video as well. So, I mean, if you got a question for Simon, please uh, go ahead and leave that comment below and, and I know he'll answer back. So it's good stuff. Um, other than that, uh, Mike, you got anything? Nope. You guys just show us some love, leave reviews, honest five-star reviews. We want them all, <laughs> but that's it. Uh, hey, um, oh, with that, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie signing off.